Dude, that was a nice whistle. Thank you. Yeah. Do it again. Nicholas Cage. They don't know that yet. You ruined my... Filled with rage. You may ask, but we can't tell you his age. So don't engage. (laughs) Oh, dude, spitting bars out here. Welcome to the New Day New Movie. (laughs) Hello, yes. Welcome to week 12. We are... We... What did you say? We watch movies... We watched 365 movies in 365 days. <laughs> I don't think we've said that the last two podcasts. We've been, I mean, we played catch up last week, so to be fair. Yeah, not mustard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm Mitch. <laughs> I'm Scott. And this is the NDNM podcast where we watch 365 movies in 365 days. Yes, thank you. That's, uh, you that's feeling what better? we know and love. Okay, good, yeah. good. Ah, happy Nick Cage week, baby. Happy Nick Cage week. <laughs> if you are not aware, Nicolas Cage's birthday is on January 7th. 1964. Yeah. Um, this doesn't make sense because we screwed up our scheduling and we watched all of the stuff on his birthday instead of the week before so that it released at a normal time. So this will be like a week out from his birthday. But that's okay because we still wanted to celebrate the Mandy, the myth, the legend, <laughs> a true national treasure. The one and only Nick Cage, who, lucky that his career didn't end in 60 seconds. <laughs> all right, I got him all. You got? I got him all. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> there might be more down the road. I don't know, but got all the Nick Cage puns. Oh, man. Uh, it might sound weird, but we do love Nick Cage. We have a special place in our heart. Why is that weird? For Nick Why does Cage. everybody hate Nick Cage? I don't know. He's such a wonderful human being. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know him personally. I didn't say actor, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just kidding. I love him in pretty much anything. He's, he's really in. good at quantity over quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's like what 400 films of his that I haven't heard of or seen. So I I went on to IMDb as we do from time to time. Yes. <laughs> and uh I I calculated just in 2017 he put out 6 movies. In 2018 he put out 6 movies. In 2019, please tell me 6. He put out 6 movies. Six, six, six. Dude, I was thinking that uh, 6 must be that magic number of possible movies that any one actor can work on in a year and still retain some acting ability <laughs> well think about that dude that's one every two months that's 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 insane flying through that's insane but and i feel like for him acting is like mana <laughs> like you can't just dump it all into one movie <laughs> you gotta reserve enough for the next few that you're doing in the year and if you're spreading that shit over six movies in one year you know to be, you be fair, real though, some of his more recent films, like uh, Willy's Wonderland, he never spoke a single word. That's you know? true. So, but God, was that movie great? We unfortunately didn't watch that movie this no, week because we had already seen it. We had already seen it. But uh, <laughs> so Kristen did some research for us. Did we? Did we officially say that we watched seven Nick Cage movies this week? No, we haven't said that. Go ahead. Okay. So, hey, we watched seven Nick Cage movies this week. One every day to celebrate his birthday. And I would highly recommend it. Watching seven movies or <laughs> watching what we watched? 
Uh, seven Nick Cage movies. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you could just pick out of a hat and you'd be fine. That would kind of be fun. I, f- you know? I feel like it would. There's still so fun. many that we haven't, we haven't seen. seen that we want to, but there's yeah. so many that we have seen that we couldn't watch this week. But going it's back tough. to my point, Kristen did some research because she, being the trooper that she was, watched like four of these movies with me. Yeah, are you paying her? <laughs> are you outsourcing your labor? But she was just so invested because... Deflected. I, I think it was more of she was questioning why would anybody in their right mind watch seven Nick Cage movies. <sighs> that hurts. I know. I, I don't, like I said, I don't think a lot of people have the appreciation for Nick Cage that we do. They don't. I think she started to appreciate him more after the films. Anyways. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Uh, but she had read that Nick Cage in an interview said he was tired of being typecasted. So that's why we've gotten the strange, really weird Nick Cage movies that uh, we've recently kind of received over these last few years. And man, I'm so happy for it. his range. I guess so. Mm-hmm. I, he was just tired of being that one guy, so he's like, "Fuck it, I'll do anything." I don't want to be that one guy. Does it? Does it have a I script? Okay, I'm in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but no. In all honesty, we do actually really love Nick Cage. I don't know when it started, or if it started at the same time for us, because I know in high school with the two of us, Drive Angry. Drive Angry was a big, big part of our high school days. That was a big deal. And God, that movie's terrible. Yeah. But uh, but man, we loved it. And, and then you follow uh, that up a few years later with Mandy. Holy cow! Yeah, that movie Mandy, was so good. Pig, pig this year, oh, this past year. Yes, which uh, we unfortunately already saw, or fortunately already saw before. I don't know. I'd I'd love to talk about that, but um, that's a that's a great movie. But uh, you know, I'm glad we did this because I didn't even know. Do you know who he really is? Do you know what his real name is? Yeah, Nick Coppola. Nicholas Kim Coppola. Yeah. He is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. I know. And he did. The Godfather. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, he didn't want to be associated with that. He wanted to have a name of his own and kind of have his own career, which is why he changed his name. I think it was right after Fast Times at Ridgemile High was when the name change came. Because that was one of his earlier roles. Yeah, that, I think that was his first. Like, it might have been that and then the name change, or he did it right before that. I, I don't, I'm not too familiar with that i guess piece of knowledge you know yeah well i had no idea so i was uh his middle name's kim i, th- I think it's kim yeah oh, interesting. that was on that was on the the wikipedia so oh yes 100 percent accuracy on that one you know you can't go wrong with wikipedia actually i didn't write that down so that's just that's also on wikipedia and my shitty memory so who knows <laughs> I was really happy for this week. I think we kind of had mentioned having some more of these kind of themed weeks and familiar weeks and Nick Cage came up and it was just like, oh, when's his birthday? We could totally do movies around his birthday. And I'm so glad we did. I feel like every time we do a theme week, we're <laughs> like, maybe not outwardly when we record it, but when we talk about it, you know, after afterward, weeks after. We're like, that was a terrible idea, and we didn't really like that, and we should stop doing that. And yet, here we are. Here we are. And we keep doing it. But uh, it wasn't a bad week. No, it was pretty decent. Definitely had all levels of Nick Cage, and that was something Kristen oh, had kind of mentioned was like, is there any way to have a Nick Cage meter of like, are we like semi-chub Nick Cage, full-chub <laughs> Nick Cage, you know, like <laughs> like how much Nick Cage can you can you have? And some of these movies went full Nick Cage, yeah. and I don't think you should ever go full Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> you never go full Nick Cage. 
<laughs> them Tropic Thunder quotes <laughs> working their way in again. Oh, uh, man. If you've seen it, you get it. <laughs> but uh, it's tough. Uh, I feel like if she was never a huge appreciator of the Nick Cage, that we didn't watch really any of his really iconic movies. Yeah, like Face Off or... The Rock. Con Air. Con Air. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and maybe that's just of our time. Or bef- I mean, I guess some of those are Before at the very time, beginning yeah. of our time, but uh, but I do remember all of those movies very fondly. Yes, and um, I've always I've always liked him, and I don't know why or what it is, but it's just man, you just say Nick Cage and I'm in. Yeah, I think that's all it took for any of these movies, and I think as I'll mention later on down the road as we're talking about some of these was one of my biggest issues with some of these films was there wasn't enough Nick Cage. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this would be would so agree. much better if like... You need needs more Nick Cage. Needs, Two he, out of 10 needs need, more Nick yeah. Cage. He needs like 90% screen time and <laughs> I'll be fine. But if, he, if he's out for more than that, then uh, I don't yeah. know. We don't really have a Nick Cage movie, you know? So uh, let's get into the movies of the week though. Yeah. You want to read them? Uh, sure. So Monday we started with Next, followed by 211 on Tuesday, Vengeance, A Love Story on Wednesday, Looking Glass on Thursday, Grand Isle Friday, Bad Lieutenant on Saturday, and then we finished up the week with Color Out of Space on Sunday. Pretty solid list. And if you're not a big, huge fan of Nick Cage, you might not have heard of most of those movies. Any of these, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they really are, I mean, we've seen most of his well-known ones. Yeah. We had to dig deep a little bit. To... Yeah. But it's also interesting because we didn't have to dig that deep. We actually had to narrow them down because... Of that whole quantity over quality thing I joked about earlier because <laughs> of how many freaking movies he's put out in the last even just five years. And so there's still some on the list that I think we'll probably sprinkle in over the next few weeks, or at least definitely through the rest of this experience, because I found quite a few that I was like, oh, fuck, another Nick Cage movie, put it on the list. So, another one, put it on the list. Another one, DJ Khaled, another one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, before we get into our first movie discussion, though, I sent you a text earlier this week with a link to a YouTube video. Oh, yes. Did you watch said yes, video? I did. Dude. So there is a movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive so Talent <laughs> coming out in 2022 where Nick Cage plays himself. He is Nick Cage playing Nick Cage in a Nick Cage film. And I don't think we can... Get more Nick Cage than that. That might be the highest level of Nick Cage. But it looks pretty funny. It looks I'm, I'm it looks awesome. Excited. He's yeah. just kind of like an actor who is getting he's talked into doing weird gigs and shit. And he's trying to make a comeback. It looks like it has a pretty cool cast and but Nick Cage isn't playing anybody but himself. He's just a actor. But I think everybody else is playing somebody else. So it's kind of interesting that he is playing himself he's in an alternate reality comeback. of his act, his yeah, comeback acting. movie to to spotlight fame is Going to be a movie where he plays himself in a comeback movie. To <laughs> it's just a giant. It's genius. Yes. And kind of infinity, never ending cycle of Nick Cage. So I'm so, so excited for that. And hopefully it uh, lands before October when this series ends. Jumping though into our first film, we had Next. If you didn't know, this movie stars Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I was going to make that joke. Oh, damn damn. Well, we can do it for six other movies. Okay. <laughs> Uh, This came out in 2007, but possessing the extraordinary ability to see precisely two minutes into the future, 
The low-profile Las Vegas stage magician, Chris Johnson, has managed to keep his unusual skill under the radar. However, Johnson's rare talent has caught the attention of the tough counter-terrorism FBI agent Callie Ferris, who intends to use the illusionist's unfailing charisma to thwart the murderous plans of a ruthless group of Russian terrorists. There are so many words in this. Now a stolen nuclear device threatens to level California as Chris's beautiful girlfriend Liz is being used by the criminals to gain added leverage. Can Chris save both the hostage and the city of Los Angeles with his peculiar gift? Was that all that was at stake? It was just, it was going to level California? It was like I'm a nuclear bomb back, in California, so. Yeah, but I, thinking back, I I feel like the scale of the situation was very unclear. Very what? Unclear? <laughs> unclear. Oh. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there are a lot of people living in California, so it well, is yeah. a pretty drastic measure to have a nuclear bomb go off in any of those cities. I'm going to just, I'm going to get this out right away, because again, I feel like I might get a lot of hate for this, but I really liked Next. Really? I liked wow. this movie. This, this. if we didn't watch 211 this week, this would be my least favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I know, like, looking at reviews, and I'm sure even I had expected coming into this podcast, kind of what your thoughts were going to be revolving around this. I was like, you know what? I watched this, and I had a fun time. I, I thought it was kind of cool of just- I'll let it slide. And that's fun. You know, like, <laughs> I like Nick Cage, you know? Uh, but no, I thought the concept was interesting. I had fun I watching know, like the just the style of how they showed him splitting into different scenarios to like essentially do things. And I, I get it, With right? Like a hundred Nick Cages walking around, walking around, house. yeah, right. <laughs> but I had that question early on: was like, can he only see one reality, and he plays that out in his head, so he has to try a different measure, or can he see endless possibilities and make sure that he can appropriately? you know, follow the correct path to where he doesn't get shot or Which it kind find of, a girl or whatever. And yes, they yeah. They played on it pretty hard. I mean it kinda it kinda does whatever they needed to in the scenario that happened. Yeah. And then at the very end, right, with like the the bomb goes off because he's like, oh no, I made a mistake. Like that would have been a pretty crazy ending. It was all the dream. But then he cuts back magazine. <laughs> yeah, he cuts back like twelve hours earlier and he's like Okay, well, now I know what to expect from the next 12 hours. I'll just change this shit up and go on some month-long version. Yeah. It was all a dream. It was only just a dream. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's a ton of songs we could throw in here. What were your (sighs) thoughts? Obviously, like, you were not agreeing with me. Not... No, not entirely. I think the whole it was it was only a vision thing though for for like 60, (laughs) 70% of the movie. It's a little ridiculous. And uh, also not super interesting because, I, I don't know, I guess I just saw it coming. And I don't know how I haven't seen this one. I've seen parts of this. Because I feel like this. I remember this being really popular when it came out. I've seen parts of this. I mean, As I was watching it, it kind of brought me back to when we watched 48 Hours. Yeah. Of like, I know somebody in pieces, the household but... has seen it. And just like looking up at the TV, I've seen that scene before. So then as I was re-watching, I was like, oh, this I am aware of this movie. Sure. I haven't seen it in its entirety, but I, I do know the general premise. Well, if I had to guess, I would say your favorite scene was probably the scene where he drives the car in front of the train. Oh. Because <laughs> that was some of the best CGI. That was more that of I've Liz, right? Seen. Liz drove it into... 
Are we talking about the same scene? No, at the beginning, toward the beginning. Oh, when yeah. He, when he drives the car, when he that sees was... him driving the car to yeah. the train, and it just disintegrates. <laughs> Doesn't yet. <laughs> he drives no, in front of the train, just... and the car just turns into, it was like it was a Lego car. It just shatters. and disint- <laughs> it's, Seriously, it ceases to exist when it gets hit by the train. <laughs> and to be fair, right, special effects have come this was quite a long way yeah. since 2007. I'm but not even, knocking it for that. Even it for the time, though, hilarious. like it, it was like, really? Like, that's not <laughs> like plausible. A Lego car. It was so great. But even like the mentality of being able to see two minutes into the future isn't plausible. So I guess they can do whatever they want with Touché. their Lego cars and their Touché. You know, trains falling down cliffs and... <laughs> Causing a rock slide, and you're gonna let oh, me man, die. The rock slide. You know, there's that guy that was running down the mountain after him that was wearing like the same clothes he was. That I I thought that was just a bad stunt double. Yeah. Until I realized that that was actually one of the bad guys that was chasing <laughs> after him. But I kept seeing it, and I was like, they didn't even try making him look. Like... <laughs> Who the That's hell on is me. this That's guy? That's my bad. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. So much plot armor, you know? Oh, yeah. So much, you know? And that was pointed out in the film of he's like, you know, I can only see into the future if it directly relates to me and I can avoid being hurt or injured or whatever, which is what they kind of have to play around. So you know he's never going to get hurt. You know he's never he's going to be all right in the end. And Well, I mean, they have to introduce, which they they kind of tried to do, I guess, with kidnapping Jessica Biel and then making her spike his drink with whatever and they'll come get him and as long as he's not in the room then he doesn't notice and it was kind of like whatever it's fine but i don't know i think one of the biggest things to me though is it's just him and jessica beale have very negative 510 percent chemistry, <laughs> chemistry. <laughs> like it's so bad yeah it, it, they definitely rushed <laughs> into the relationship happening i think what helped it though was he was able to see like multiple ways to approach her which would lead to certain situations right. of like what I do i like have to say if anyone found that out then cuz he reveals that to her cuz he has she to she freaks the, out yep and she freaks out but like a little bit and then changes her mind <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man if you told me hey i knew we were going to meet today and i knew exactly how to get you here and blah 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 be like whoa I'm going to need a few days, right? I know that doesn't play to the, the script and to the timeline of the the, uh, the plot here, but she's just like immediately okay with that. Well, maybe she's just had a long string of terrible dies in well, her past. Well, we did see that, yeah. So, Which I thought was pretty funny. That was a good one. The fact like that he had to take the, the punch. The, yeah, yeah, he's got to take the punch to get her approval. There's a scene in the diner where he he's like being all cool and suave and ducking her, her like stalker ex-boyfriend or something just making them look like <laughs> a complete like, jackass she's like you yeah. two deal with this and she walks out and then it turns out it was a vision and he's like okay i have to take this hit yeah and then he gets punched the and then she's like oh my god are you okay like, yeah bullshit <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I prefer that versus like the other kind of order of those right he takes the punch first and she's like eh, have a good day and then he realizes he has to be rico suave and cool you know and avoid all the punches for her to be like oh my god look hey, at maybe this she's guy. a basic bitch we don't know uh not jessica beale <laughs> didn't she go to school near us jessica from Beale? colorado yeah i'm pretty sure she's from colorado that's the first for me look that up okay real quick jessica beale i should have done that but i didn't 
Fairview High School. Look yeah. at you. Yeah. I remember, I feel like we knew someone in high school who knew, we knew somebody who knew somebody who robbed some people that knew Jessica Biel. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Like, I just remember hearing about in high school that somebody's older siblings went to high school with her and she was a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Tuesday. Turned out well for her. <laughs> She's on movies now with Nick Cage. Oh, man. More than I can say. That was 2007. Also, Nick now Cage, she's... if you ever are out there listening to our podcast, we'd love to be in one of your movies. Dude, I don't know what I would do. I never freeze. Have I would you, freeze. Do you watch Community? I always forget. Have no. You seen any, you need to watch the My Dinner with Andre. Or my dinner with Abed episode, where it's a it's a play on my dinner with Andre. Okay, and he talks about going to his favorite show, Cougar Town set, which is a real show, Cougar Town. I'm sure you've seen it. And he's like, I got asked to go to the to go to the set, and I went, and, and like I got asked to be in the scene, and I came in, and I had one line, and I said it or whatever, and they called cut, and the the fading of reality just hit me so hard, and. It, and I and I put my pants right there. <laughs> I feel like that'd be us yeah. in a Nick Cage movie. Oh, hey, be, Nick Cage. Oh, like, oh God. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. We went too far. Too far. All right, you want to read Tuesday? Tuesday, we watch 211 or 211 or 211 or... 211. It was 211. It came out in 2018. While on a routine patrol, an aging cop, his partner, and their ride-along get caught in a standoff with a band of former mercenaries robbing a bank. Within five seconds of this movie, I knew that it was going to suck. <laughs> this felt like a, like a shitty made-for-TV movie for most of it. There were times where it didn't. It just felt like a shitty movie. <laughs> so one of the comments I wrote here was the movie would have been better with more Nick Cage. There was not enough Nick Cage. Probably. Took like 20 minutes to introduce him. Probably. Like we saw his gothic brother first before we even saw him. Yeah. Do you know his brother was in that film? Is that who that was? The emo army ranger with the bowl cut. Oh, no shit. That's Nick Cage's brother. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. The more you know. The more you know. Well, I did see as it was coming up, there was, uh, as they were introduced in the credits, it said Weston Cage. Really? So I was like, oh, oh. so he took the Cage name. Well, too, it's huh? Weston Cage Coppola is his official, I think. Oh. But it like that came up on the screen. I was like, oh, who's this? And then I realized he's an actor who's been in a few of his movies. But really, he, yeah, he's just this like you know, gothic emo <laughs> army ranger in this. That. So he was one of the bad guys, the sniper rifle dude. Yeah. Oh no shit! Yeah. No shit! <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was my favorite one of the bad guys, probably. So, kudos. Yeah, Nick Cage's brother. <laughs> them them jeans run thick. <laughs> was that a fat joke? No. <laughs> no. I mean, he's a big dude. I'm a big dude. It's okay. That dude was big. Dude. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big dude. He's like, he had to be like six, five, twelve. Six, seven, <laughs> six, twelve. <laughs> he's like nine feet tall. <laughs> no, this was, man. Dude, the acting in this movie was so bad. It was so so fucking bad. And I also, I think I saw the the kid on the ride along. I'm pretty sure is he's in that show on Showtime called Power, or something like the new season, book three or something. I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about? I have not even heard of the show. I'm pretty sure he's in it. Okay. So like he got something out of this. Like he's doing stuff. 
Yeah. So cool. And he wasn't terrible. No. But God, yeah, overall, everyone else in this movie was like... He is in the Power series. Okay, that was Power Book 2. I don't know. This... I don't really have much to say. It just wasn't good. No, this movie was really bad. Nothing made sense. And I think my biggest problem with the film was just like everyone happened to interact with everyone to move the plot forward. Yeah. Like Kenny's mom is, you know. Is that his name? I think was his name Kenny? I think it's Kenny. Kenny's mom. His name's Kenny in the film, South, yeah. Like, insert South Park joke here. Ah, Kenny, they killed Kenny. They killed <laughs> Kenny, you bastard. <laughs> but no, so like Kenny's mom is working in the hospital when all these people show up, and then Kenny's mom has, has got, got it, it going on. <laughs> uh, but Lisa McAvoy, who is Nick Cage's wife, also happens to appear at the hospital at the exact same time that, you know, her husband is there, and all of the details come pouring Wait, out. Nick that Cage's wife. Yeah, they have a baby, to, or they're having a baby together. Not Nick Cage. Oh fuck! The you're son. Right. What are you? Nick talking Cage's about? daughter. You know. <laughs> Jesus. He likes, made this a way more interesting movie. He likes some. You know. <laughs> I won't say that. <laughs> no, Nick Cage's daughter. Sorry, God. He's married to a lot of people throughout these seven films. We watched seven Nick Cage films. We yeah, have to distinguish all, between he was them. All mar- he was married in every single one of them except for this one. So how'd you fuck that up? He was married oh, no, he at wasn't one point. He wasn't married in next. Never he mind. was dating Jessica Biel, which we already said didn't make sense. So it wouldn't make sense for him to date his daughter in this one, okay? Well, he wasn't dating his daughter. I know. and I, That's on me. <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> Too much Nick Cage. Actually, not enough Nick Cage. That was my problem with this movie. There wasn't enough Nick Cage. It's a fine line. Uh, Sorry. I even have it written here. Why did the daughter leave the hospital to visit her dad when her husband was fighting for his life? After she was with her husband who went into like intensive surgery, she she shows up. She goes out to the... And she's like, oh my God, dad, you're here. And it's like, what the fuck? You just left Why are you here? Yeah, you left your husband just like in surgery. baby daddy's about to die. Go home. Uh, but it's okay because no one was present for the final scene of this movie, but they managed to put every single person in the movie in it. You know what I'm talking about? No. You you didn't see the very obvious how isolated everyone was in the last scene of this oh, movie. Oh, you think that everybody was recorded separately? Everyone was recorded separately. A hundred I don't think, my friend. I know. <laughs> to be Did you see the CGI on his face? They CGI'd his face onto. <laughs> so did you? He broke his ankle during the filming of this movie. Did he really? Yes. Okay. So that may play into why his ankle was wrapped when he got shot, or why he got shot. Why where he, he got, got shot? shot. <laughs> because because he gets shot in ah, the movie on the leg. Ah, we'll and his just, ankle's all wrapped we'll up. We'll just play with it. So he actually missed a few weeks of like filming because he broke his ankle. Okay. For this movie. I think they had some weird jank stuff going on where they put his face on someone else's body. Ah. They did it like a Nick Cage deep fake at the end of this movie. I swear to God. I don't know how you didn't notice it. I kind of want to pull the scene up and show you. Yeah, I guess I'm like at this point, live. right? I just at this point, I was just kind of over the film. Yeah, you know? I'm surprised it, I paid attention that far. Because it, so. uh, it was only 86 minutes, but it felt so was much longer. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So only 86 minutes. I thought this was the longest one of the week. And I just like what caught me off guard was in that final scene that you're talking about was when Nick Cage comes in from jogging to show that his leg is all healed. And then it <laughs> cuts to the shot of everybody still alive. So everybody made it. It's a feel good, whatever. Mm-hmm. Happy and then ending. he's like, Kenny, you still got that phone? 
Well, it's time to take some new photos. Yeah. Kenny, you got that phone you're always holding on to because <laughs> your whole personality is that you're always on your phone. That's why earlier in the movie, I took away your phone and put it in the glove box. But you made sure you grabbed you it so it you could call your mama. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did actually look up. And in the movie, Kenny, his phone's about to die. Yep. And he's got, a, he's got a power cord, but the car's off. So he has no way to charge his phone. So he does it with a 9-volt battery. Yes. This is 100% possible. Ooh. I don't know how much of a charger if the way they represented it in the movie is actually accurate but this is possible in a survivor situation for you to be able to charge your phone with, with a, a nine, nine volt battery. battery but it takes some real tom fuckery you think the cigarette the- <laughs> lighter though would have just been working because that's a well they don't get you don't get ac power from the battery unless you have the car on like the key turned into ac or whatever depending on the model of the car in the year or whatever mm. i'm not a I'm not a, an automobile expert, but okay. I don't think every. I think there's certain cars that certain outlets in the car will, will work. have AC power, no matter whether the car's on or off. Which is why you can leave your something plugged in and you can drain the battery. Well, but, good uh, for them doing that research. But to, you know, that's a real thing to be like. You know what? That's plausible that he could have. Uh, and I just it, don't know how he found a nine volt. That battery might be the most accurate part of the movie. Actually, is that a teenager? His phone died. During the middle of the day. You have no idea how many kids are like, yo, mister, you got an iPhone cord? And I'm like, yeah, here. Oh, yo, mister, you got a cord? Dude, teenagers. What type of phone you got? My oh. fiance. <laughs> I don't know how you drain batteries so fast it's on just, a phone these days. Like, why aren't you charging it at night? Whatever. That's a whole nother discussion for a different <laughs> podcast. Uh, I asked Kristen, though, what she thought of this movie because this was one of the this was the first of the four that she watched with me. She didn't watch Next with me, but then she okay. watched the next four of them. Um, so she said, Kristen said 211, really didn't have a story. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing made sense, right? We were like across the globe. I don't even know what That's country what, they did... were in. And then they just magically show up in a small town robbing well, a bank. The guy said the only reason they ended up there was because he like pointed a gun at him. And I don't know why he didn't just say, this is the specific bank that you need to go to. Because then it would make more sense. But he said, just any bank in the US. And he's like, name a fucking bank with a gun pointed at him. And he's like, this exact bank at this exact place where Nicolas Cage is a cop and his... Son-in-law is a cop, and that's how the whole story is going to happen. Yeah, it was so very... So they went to that exact bank, but, like, they didn't have to. They even say that in the movie. That they could have gone to, like, any bank. bank. So, like, that obviously was a concern for me of just how ridiculously let's push the plot forward with this line of dialogue. Well, dude, how much, and how then much second, fucking ammo did they bring into the bank with them? See, I'm not even thinking about the, the ammo. Fuck? I'm thinking about how every single person who had relevance in this movie ended up in the last scene and then shot the bad guy. I think like 12 people <laughs> shot the fucking bad guy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you had... Everybody oh, who mattered. Are you the guy who got blown up in the bomb and missing a leg? Did you just shoot him? Oh, I guess so. <laughs> you know, everybody was there just so that we could have that, you know, good hero-esque moment of the film of like, boom, 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 boom. Everybody gets bra, their, bra. their payoff. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't good i still like nick cage though i do too it didn't make me not like him it wasn't bad because of him though right like and that's what i feel like with some of these movies is the the arguments that i have for them not being great movies 
he may be a component mm-hmm. in that argument. And as we've seen, and I know there's an argument for a director, you know, using him appropriately, yeah. right? And so a director can bring a certain something out of an actor if they, you know, if they gel well together. And that's something like with Pig or Mandy or, you know, they play Nick off- Cage movies we've loved, yes. right? Is they obviously the whole movie in general was just a good movie and had a good direction and had a good story and, and they play good... off of his strengths well exactly yeah and so it's not even necessarily his fault I feel like he's given them what they signed him on to give but they just had kind of a ship movie anyway and I feel like it doesn't matter if you take Nick Cage out of this movie you have the and same replace movie. him with literally anyone else it's still gonna be a shit movie. Yes. And so that's what I feel like people say, oh, Nick Cage sucks. I hate Nick Cage or Nick Cage is crazy or whatever because of the movies that he's in. But that's that quantity over quality kind of thing where he's taking the movies for whatever reason. I can't, we Mm -hmm. can speculate for years on why he takes some of these movies. But it's not him that makes the movies bad. It's a bad movie anyway, right? Well, I think the beauty of Nick Cage, at least from my standpoint, is I haven't seen him in a role where he's not giving his full... Like phone it, like just... Yeah. Just right? show, he, show up. He show up to get a paycheck, right? He yeah. seems like he's invested in every character that he plays, and that's like, what uh, I appreciate about him, is regardless of the role, regardless of how shitty the script is, or even how shitty his character is written, he will go in and he will give his best he performance... Puts in, some for all six movies a year effort. that he does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's what I appreciate about him. So with this film, I still feel like he was giving a good performance as best as he could with what was given to what him. He had sure, you know, and obviously the rest of the movie is going to not live up to those standards. And because he is kind of that A list actor, it's going to fall on him for not being a good movie when it's not actually his fault. And you know, thinking about it. I feel like maybe there are actors that are, they, they, some of these movies, maybe like they use him to be like, look, Nick Cage is in our movie and that's their, they think that's going to fix their movie or help their movie. This is one of those examples. And maybe it does to that, to some extent where people are like, oh, Nick Cage is in it. I'll watch it. Yeah. But it's a shit movie regardless. Right. And I feel like maybe there are some actors that you can kind of get away with that. If you somehow had the budget to get some. You know, somebody great to be in your shitty little movie that they do add something to it. And I feel like Nick Cage is not that guy, right? You're He's not, not that, guy, that pal. actor. You're, You're not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he I... can be great, but he needs the part to fit him. Yes. And he needs the energy of the whole movie, of the story, the, what you know, the whole experience of watching needs to scream Nick Cage. Nick Cage is not the movie. The movie is Nick Cage. Yeah, I love it. We should throw that on a coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way to, like, throw it down, that's, right? That's, that is pretty good, though. It's, yeah, I mean... Like, you, are, you can't just bring him in and expect this movie to magically become good. Right. You need to write a good movie around what you know Nick Cage is capable of exactly. doing. Exactly. And exactly. you will have a quality film. you can film. make a great movie out of that. Yes. Like Pig. Right? And Mandy and Face Off. Well, and there's plenty. So many movies that we've been reiterating. Sure. And I think I, we just I, want I, you I, to I watch like those maybe secretly. maybe saying Face Off is a great movie. 
<laughs> it's a stretch. Don't get me wrong. As a child, some people I love though Face Off. love like that's their favorite Nick Cage movie is Face a, Off. It is a great movie, or but even it's Con not a Air. And I don't think Con, Con Air is the greatest film, but I feel like Con Air is where he got his hair complex from. Because <laughs> I feel like in in Next, it's like why did no one ever just say, "Hey, dude, did you ever just think about cutting your hair?" <laughs> like you wouldn't look so insane. If you just cut your hair a little bit. I like the insane look Nick Cage. It works sometimes. Like when we get to Bad Lieutenant, I don't know if he's got hair plugs or Grand or Isle. Or Grand Isle, yeah, sure, sure. He's pretty psychotic and But sadistic. like Next, that was just, I don't know. We, we're done with Next. I okay. just feel like it's so weird that he was a magician and he kind of fit the weird magician part, but then he was like the cool, sexy magician, which didn't fit. <laughs> Just have a clean cut, know, bro. Have a clean cut. <laughs> but right. anyway, Wednesday. Yes. Vengeance, a love story. Walking home with her 12-year-old daughter after midnight on the 4th of July, Tina crosses paths with some local losers to be brutally gang-raped with her daughter, Bethy, watching. Jesus. Bethy is able to identify the rapist, but when the rapists hire a hotshot attorney who attached Tina's character, a local police officer who was first on the scene when police were called starts to take matters into his own hands. I didn't say Jesus like I was shocked. I feel like how I said that makes it seem like I'm like acting like I haven't seen the movie and don't know what it's about. No, you've seen it. I just it. mean, Jesus, they, they straight up just tell you what happened. <laughs> My first comment on this was, fuck that was a tough movie to watch. That was a really heavy movie, and I was not prepared for it. And that, I think, this movie wasn't terrible. This movie, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad by any means. No. It was a solid movie. And I think you have to have kind of the right stomach to watch it. Well, like, I was going to say. This is definitely one of those triggering movies. Th- exactly. It's. I, I feel like this movie is one of those that's designed to piss you off and make you so angry at the bad party, right? Yeah. These are the bad guys. Look at how fucking unbelievably terrible they are and how they're getting away with this bullshit. And then you feel the relief by having the the vigilante vigilante cop cop come in and, and kill all of them. Right. And that's what there are, you know, those types of movies, something like Law Abiding Citizen or like, and I haven't seen that in a long time. And I feel like I, I reference that a lot, but I really have never before. It's a weird movie that keeps <laughs> coming up in my mind. But I just feel like that's one of the very obvious pinnacles of like vigilante justice movie, right? Taking matters into your own exactly. hands. Yes. That's what this movie was. And it was meticulously written. To make you as angry as possible so that you were happy when they, they got died. killed. Exactly. Yes. Which is pretty manipulative on the movie's part. And I don't I'm not saying that it necessarily is a bad thing. But I I'm not a huge fan of that of like the extreme overly emotional manipulation. See, right? I don't even think it was those characters that pissed me off the most. I honestly believe the the point that I got the most pissed off was with the lawyer. 
Oh, that, well, I'm not saying the just lawyer with those took that the whole town. to the Nets fucking level. The whole town did. Oh yeah, the I mean, mom of the and, and I, I actually liked the dad. I thought the dad was pretty funny throughout. Well, the whole he thing. was kind of realistic about the situation. Exactly. It was like you guys fucked up. I'm not putting the house up for you. Yeah, and the mom's like, I'll do anything and everything in my power they're to good get you boys. out because you're good boys. Yeah, and it's, well, essentially to kind of break this up, the first half of the movie is essentially this very graphic rape scene tied in with the trial that is essentially setting up for the four people who were part of this situation are most likely going to get away with the second half becoming more of the vigilante john wick i'm going to take matters into my own hands and i'm going to chase down all the bad guys so that this woman and her daughter can start a new life with one another and that's kind of how you need to break this this film up and I don't I don't know. You're you're right. They took it to a whole nother level. I'm sure they could have achieved similar things without being as graphic. They really make you hate or everyone as, in that town almost. And like yes, I'm glad all That's the offenders fine. got what they deserved, right? Yeah. I'm one of those people I watched this and I was happy that they were oh, all yeah. killed at the end of this film because they are terrible people. I don't know who wouldn't, right? Yes. I mean that's what I'm trying to say is they they, this movie was specifically designed in a way to make literally any single person, Whoever no matter watches who it. you are, watches it. You're like, man, I would love to see them. Some crazy, just the worst possible things you could imagine is what you sit there and imagine you want to happen to these guys yes. because they're so evil. But like for me, I feel like this film kind of played on all of the very bad parts of other films that... I tend to maybe not want to think about and not saying bad is in like storytelling or the film itself was bad of more of the approach of like the lawyer and the trial scene reminded me of marriage story. Oh, just, dude, yeah, I'm getting really fucking sick of lawyers. You know, just like how pissed <laughs> off I get at just watching anything revolving around a lawyer yeah. or the graphic sexual assaults of something that reminded us in of front like of her daughter of like climax. Like it is so uncomfortable and you know it's just so it's so much and it's like those things that you hate about films even if they were well done like you still hate that you ever even like it was put into existence or you watched it you can't say that you liked it but you can't also call it bad it's a weird it's a weird balance that you're on of like and i feel like this was a good movie but fuck but yeah this is like i said it's just i think about this movie and like you said it's not bad but there's things that I would have appreciated that, God, I could have lived my life without ever seeing, seeing that. Seeing that be reenacted, yeah. Or, sure. you know, ever s- just like, I, I, I don't like watching my blood rise because I see a lawyer who's playing the system and can, you know, as dirty as people as the, you know, the defendants are, you know, by using choice words and having kind of that in with the, the judge, like, you know they're going to get away and it just it pisses you off and i don't know it was just a lot and this was the this was the second movie that Kristen and i watched together and afterwards we had to watch a few episodes of the league like it was just, just to, to just to unwind def- yeah just yeah. to kind of calm down a notch sure. cuz made me pissed off all sorts of mad you know so it's uh probably is a movie i will never watch again yeah but i mean Overall, this is a solid movie. The little girl, I thought was was really good. I I feel like I've seen her in something else, but I didn't look up what else. And then her, the mom, she did from an emotional standpoint of seeing stuff 
uh, unfold being active like she did a phenomenal job and she was actually i've never seen her in anything else except for she was the the like quote unquote hot girl in uh cabin in the woods oh so that's like a super different role for her yeah like that's a totally different i'm surprised i haven't seen her more in other stuff because she's she was pretty solid so uh the girl who plays bethy yeah uh i'm gonna butcher her name uh talitha bateman but one of her notable films is annabelle creation oh so i have seen her we recently. have seen her yeah recently. i thought i recognized her from something but i forgot to look her up because i was looking up the the mom because i knew i recognized her from something she is the girl in the wheelchair in annabelle creation oh no shit you're yeah. right yeah actually yeah wow. so we have seen her wow but no, she did a really good job in this. Like small world of movies. <laughs> um, I definitely been in interactions with kids who kind of fit that have to act older than they are mentality. Sure. Um, just because the mom, who it sounds like the dad passed away or divorced, I don't know what the situation was, but she had to act more adult like for her own sake yeah. of surviving. Yeah. And that yeah, kind of I mean, played I'm sure through that this film and more often than we care to admit. But yeah. <clears throat> No, this was this was good. I again, it was just a lot for me. I think it was a lot for Kristen, and it was a heavy movie. Again, probably just like a climax. I don't think I ever yeah. need to rewatch it. I think the thing with this one that separates this from a climax is this felt like we're here to make you uncomfortable and make you angry at these people, and then make you happy when they all. I was gonna say you have more of a poetic justice blah, blah. at the you end. Know? Yeah. Whereas, like a climax is just like. Here's a fucked up situation. That's you just can't feel good walking away from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing good to be like. But, oh, uh, we, can, we should stop talking about climax because I feel like people are gonna go I feel watch like it. People close to us are gonna watch it and be like, "What the fuck is? Why do you guys keep talking about this movie?" <laughs> uh, well, let's move on then. Looking Glass. Yes. 2019 on Thursday. 2018. 2018. Excuse me. 2018. A psychosexual thriller following a couple that buys an old motel in the desert looking for a new beginning but what seemed at first as an escape is soon a thrilling ride through a mysterious world when ray discovers a two-way mirror and witnesses a horrifying murder in a twisted game of cat and mouse ray must race to save his wife and himself from a gruesome secret connected to the motel and the strange people who visit there this was a this was a very interesting movie yeah i feel like we say that a lot we say interesting a lot, and I I feel like it's it starts at some point to lose its potency. I'm not you know saying that mean? it wasn't interesting. I coming out of this didn't really know how I felt about it. Was more of my That's approach. Fair. I think the ending, I, I think the ending put me in a similar boat as you. But I really thought mostly through this movie, I was pretty hooked. I just I had no idea what the hell was going to happen, and I I felt like. They did a really, whether this was the intention or not, they did a really good job of put like so many paths that they could have taken. I just felt like if you, if you tried to come up with, to write how you thought this movie could end, there's like 50,000 branches you could have written. And then I feel like when the ending happened, it was like the most obvious and Yeah, they definitely played it safe. They played it safe. So like that was a little I don't know not disheartening but that was a little underwhelming I guess but uh, so I really f- thought up to that point it was a very interesting 
like the atmosphere, the suspensefulness of the movie, I thought was pretty solid. I was very like, where I is this going? I think, at least at this point in the week, I was thinking to myself, this was my favorite of the four we had watched thus far. I agree. Uh, and I also, I don't know. I've seen a lot of movies about motels, and the more I see, the more I just <laughs> never want to go to a motel yeah, fuck again. motels, man. <laughs> Um, Especially in Arizona, or I guess I don't specifically say where this is, but it sure as hell felt like Arizona. Because as it mentioned in the summary, right, this kind of plays on the fact of there's a two-way mirror in room 10 of this motel that the previous owner saw a lot of shit kind of go down. Nick Cage stumbles upon it and finds himself not being able to essentially stay away from that area or even do the right thing of boarding up they the set up that and, his wife is a recovering addict and his he is a recovering alcoholic yeah so they're kind of they they something happened with their daughter she fell out of a window is that what they say i couldn't re- i couldn't remember yeah they, they went okay. the whole antichrist uh, route. Oh, fuck why do you have to bring that up <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned Climax. Why not mention other movies that make us uncomfortable we and we'll never watch it? Suck that, <laughs> that haunt our dreams. Um, <laughs> Touche. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So like they're trying to escape essentially, right? They're trying to find a, a way into a new life to kind of forget the past. There's a little frustration in the relationship, but they're both in recovery, right? And they've so it's also, like a really tense. Yeah, kind they've of gone situation. through a lot, and they're. I think they're trying to. And this is a shitty thing to say, but almost find the best in a bad situation well, by yeah. just leaving it completely yeah, to start over, start anew. Yeah, you know. But they end up buying this motel, and she's kind of running the front office. He's doing maintenance, and he's he stumbles upon this room, which I just the whole kind of like invasion of privacy thing is definitely a terrifying just point to build around for like a, a film you know you don't know when somebody's watching and like yeah. i don't know it's it's kind of creepy right it, yeah. it's oh, very yeah. unsettling that's why i thought this whole movie atmospherically was very yeah unsettling i think is i think i already used that like you said that's a that's a creepy topic and then the fact that they bring in all of these creepy characters like the policeman who comes in and he's like from the get-go he's like kind of charming but in the creepiest way and then the he's kind of a nice gas dude, station owner super weird across the street the gas station like the boy his boys his mechanics in the shop or whatever yeah, they're assuming just, they're sons or whatever they picked the they picked from the bunch for sure just like <laughs> creepy looking oh yeah actors to play a very kind of unsettling we keep using the term but it, it was and that's what this movie was yeah something's going on something's amiss and, and i you're think not sure what yeah i think what i liked about it was kind of that point was they moved there and as things started to progress you didn't really know where the story was going to go exactly until you introduced the murders and at which point i was i was like 99 percent certain the cop was the one responsible for the murders it was pretty yeah. obvious yeah. as to what had happened in the room but up until that point though they were doing really well as to just like well, even set when the they... tone and really just kind of make you think about what the hell's what, yeah. like where is this going i mean even when they introduce the murders they start bringing up stuff that you weren't you weren't aware of that happened before the events of the movie where he came down to meet the owner previously and that was like the day before the that murder happened yep right that kind of raises the question of 
what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. You know, is this going to be some kind of psychological, like he didn't know he did it and we're not aware that he did it, but he actually did it kind of thing. He did something. Right? I would have appreciated that Whatever. more, I think. That's what I'm saying is I feel like they set up so many different options for things to have happened for what could have been the, the thing amiss, quote unquote. Yeah. And they just kind of were like, but this is what happened. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. And well, I agree, whatever. right? And and it, it was weird. Like, the way they built up the relationship between him and his wife was kind of strange. Like, even just the fight of the adoption was really weird. That yeah. there was adoption papers and he blew up. And I don't know. It's just like, it didn't seem like they were trying to get through no, things together. There was some kind of unnatural interactions with people, I think. So, like, in even general. in the synopsis of, like, them saying he has to try to save his wife, it didn't even seem like... Like that I don't want to be mean, weird... but it didn't even seem like he had cared about his wife exactly. that That would much. have been a weird, interesting <clears throat> thing is that he watched... And, the, and I mean, I'm not saying I would prefer this or, like, I think this would be... I think it's a more interesting story if you're looking for a really weird movie like this. For, like, even if he watches as the cop ends up killing his wife, waiting for him to come save her kind of thing. And it's like, now he's free of this burden of his wife being a recovering addict that it's been kind of holding him down and their daughter dying. And, and he like feels he she's responsible for it. Something and... like that, exactly. Like, there's there's so much that could be there, but there just kind of wasn't. And I guess that's not te- technically like the Hollywood ending, you know? This, this needed to be... Even as kind of messed up of a character that he was, he was essentially a peeping Tom. It's kind yeah. of hinted that I mean, he, he wasn't, wasn't innocent. Well, they said he means. was an alcoholic. They said he, like, there was an implication that he could have had an affair, right? Because he was at the neighbor's house when his daughter fell out of the window. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't a good person, but they still had to make him the hero of the film, which is, again, He's kind of the best of the Which, bad. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's another thing that made the ending underwhelming was the whole, it felt a little morally ambiguous. Like, you weren't exactly rooting for him, but you also didn't hate him. No. At least from my from my perspective of watching the movie. But I at knew, the same yeah. time, like you said, he wasn't a great guy. Nobody in this really was, a like you knew, was a great person. Everybody had their, their weird little, you know, quirks or and, faults yeah. or whatever kind of thing, but... I just had something you can appreciate about appreciate about the film, right? Is sure. That, like, it's fairly realistic in that yeah, sense. Yeah, you know, suppose. nobody is as good as they Nobody's may put perfect. on. Everybody has the skeletons <laughs> in the closet, you know. Yeah. Definitely, as it mentioned, it was a psychosexual thriller. Yeah. I think we both even talking about it. Just we we didn't know what to we've, expect. We've delved deeper into this movie to to discuss it is is a uh, a testament to the fact that this wasn't a random, super shitty, whatever garbage Nick Cage movie that we just picked, right? I mean, it's really not a bad movie at all. No. And it was, I I thought, very interesting. I just feel like it could have been a really good movie. It seemed like they kind of played it safe when they could have built upon the weirdness of the film. And definitely, like you said, there was so many different directions as to say maybe Nick Cage was this kind of split personality person who didn't realize that he had came come to the hotel so many interesting things that you could have done with it but kind of sticking with uh the whole i don't know psychological thriller movies and again this is that's eh, a stretch (laughs) uh we have grand isle that we watched on friday so 
A young father is charged with murder and must prove his innocence by recalling a very twisted and dark night of events. That's not a great synopsis. That's the full plot synopsis. (laughs) But I guess if you really boil down the story to what it is, it is a man who was put in jail. Sure. Who is recalling the events of what had happened at a house. Uh, So I'll let kind of Scott start off with this but this was recommended by scott's grandma recommended is not the word i would use (laughs) so so nick cage's birthday is on january 7th as we have stated at the beginning of this episode my grandmother's birthday is january 7th so i called her on january 7th which is the day that we watched this so many things lining up to to tell her of course happy birthday and also that she shared a birthday with Nick Cage, and she had no idea, and I don't think she was thrilled about that, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, so I told her we, what we were doing, right? I told her we were doing a Nick Cage week, and uh, <laughs> and she tells me, she's like, oh, my God, you have to watch. Or <laughs> she didn't even tell me, because I, like, I feel like she kind of felt bad after, because she didn't want us to watch it. She was just telling me. Like informationally, that you know? Grand Isle was a Nick Cage. <laughs> Grand movie. Isle was a Nick Cage movie and was not a good movie, and that they couldn't even get through it. Like they turned it off. They got sick of it, and so <laughs> she couldn't remember what the name of the movie was. She texted me and Mitch in a group text. I didn't even <laughs> yeah. know she had Mitch's number, but she, she wishes us. me happy birthday every it, year. It's so oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah, um, I'm glad she does because that was great interaction <laughs> with the movie. Uh, if she's listening, thank you because. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this. And happy birthday, yeah. And happy birthday. (laughs) And yeah, they couldn't even get through it. I actually called her today and told her that I thought that if they couldn't even make it through this movie, they should count themselves lucky because that means their bar is so high (laughs) because this wasn't even the worst Nick Cage movie this week that we watched. See, I took it as in like, I kind of expected it to be, because she said, uh, get the Alka-Seltzer ready, right? Yeah. So I was taking it as in, like, this is going to be kind of, like, very uncomfortable. and Like, like a vengeance? Like a un... Yes. Yeah. And I took it in that kind of mentality. So as I, gotcha. I was watching it, I was expecting, like, lots of violence and sadistic shit. And, again, there was kind of that level of, you know, like, Nick Cage and his wife plays a weird fucking couple. They got know? a weird relationship, yeah. But comparatively to you know vengeance and then even later in the week color out of space i was like oh this has nothing on those movies this no this was a this was a crap movie like i'm not gonna sugarcoat it it wasn't a good movie yeah it wasn't but it wasn't anywhere near as bad as some of the movies we've seen right no so that's that just it's a very interesting thing to uh to think about look sorry eddie and judy y'all old Right, you've been around a while, <laughs> and if y'all haven't seen any worse movies that you couldn't even sit through this, one, we applaud you. I'm happy for you, like you guys. Hey, we'll, we'll give you a list of recommendations. <laughs> no, we will to not. To lower the bar. No, we will not. That's awful. Don't ruin it for them. But maybe they can finish <laughs> this movie. Made it. Then they've made it so far without having to deal with this shit, having to watch a terrible ass movie. <laughs> but I mean, it really wasn't that bad and i i get to because i'm from i feel like i've said this with another movie i don't remember what but i'm from louisiana they're from they live in louisiana they live in lafayette and it's very easy for most of for all of us in my family 
to get offended when there's a really like stupid New Orleans or Louisiana thing in general. And so I totally understand. Is that understand. why Bad Lieutenant made the list? Uh, no, I didn't even know. Okay. <laughs> I, I had no idea what that was going to be about or what. I actually, and we'll talk about this when we talk about Bad Lieutenant, but I actually appreciated the fact that they just said, you know what? Don't even try to do an accent. Just fucking move on. Yeah. <laughs> just act like you are from somewhere else and you're here now and we're in New, Orleans, in New Orleans, but you don't sound like you're from New Orleans because you couldn't if you tried. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I get it. Like, and the fact that, which I, when I talked to him, I told him this and they didn't even get this far or they didn't even like catch this. But the fact that this house is supposed to be in Grand Isle, which I don't know if you've looked at a map. No. And looked for Grand Isle. But Grand Isle is in the Gulf of Mexico, <laughs> right? Grand Isle is as, as as south as you can fucking get in the like Louisiana coast, right? Okay. <laughs> so the fact that this house that they were in had a basement is total bullshit because <laughs> that's what I told them. I'm like, yeah. you'd open the door and you would be met with the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> There's no basement in Grand Isle. But I actually looked up, and one of their filming locations was St. Francisville, which is well north of Baton Rouge. So it's north enough for so me to believe did... that they could have had a basement. Okay, okay. And it was in Louisiana. So they were accurate to the film's location. But it sure as hell was not Grand Isle. <laughs> Maybe Grand Isle just had a, a better <laughs> title than... <laughs> What was the the name of the town you said? St. Francis. St. Francisville. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's a little, it's more of a mouthful. Have you seen St. Francisville? <laughs> no, but I've seen Grand Isle. Yeah, it sounds better. <laughs> well, like Grand Isle with the level of, you know, hurricane coming in or whatever, like it's fine. But So, uh, that was playing off of the hurricane, right? My one of my thoughts was I didn't live through the 80s. You know, I was born in 93. Me either. So whatever you're about to say, I probably can't help with. But I guess it wasn't unusual <laughs> to be so trusting of other people, right? Because that's kind of what the premise is built on, is this guy is fixing a fence. Was this in the 80s? That's what they had it mentioned. Took place in the 80s? Yeah, that's what I had mentioned at the very beginning. I didn't beginning. realize that. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a, a, a time period thing. I think that... Uh, or is that more of a southern hospitality yeah, yeah Louisiana i really thing. don't i mean the whole inviting him in you know giving him drink whatever like that's not well i know nothing but struck me as like overly weird i couldn't imagine though being in a situation to where and yes it's you versus the hurricane i'm probably going to cover yeah, up where i like, can yo come inside but at quit. the same time that's kind of weird and uncomfortable and given i mean the fact that he was pushing for him to finish it and then like you could tell there was Yes, again, I, I did. Kind of like looking glass. There was something afoot. There was something amiss. But no, I still think like even in the time period, I think, you know, even talking to like my dad about his high school days, because he his high school experience was through the eighty early eighties. Sure. You know, and he would talk about, yeah, in high school, you know, teachers would just give the students the keys to the school. They would go in, work on projects during the weekend, whatever. Like, yeah, it wasn't I'm sure a big things deal. were a lot more like, trusted. Yeah, a lot more lax and so that kind of was in the back of my mind. Of like, well, I also okay. got to think about the amount of information that is passed around. But you could just throw that shit on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And like everybody now knows that this is fair game or some shit. I know. You know what I mean? So it's like. But at the same time, like, and I'm not even trying to be mean when I say this, but in my classroom, I have a green room and a control room. And I'm even hesitant to give my keys to a student to, to walk across room. my classroom to the green room to even open a door. Mm. I'm not saying that I don't trust them. It's more of just like, well, you don't. I don't 
light my keys being in the hands of somebody else. Sure. Because that could just lead to why does that student have your keys? It's like, oh, they were opening the green room. Well, do you know this student? It's like, it doesn't matter. Like I can see them walk. And I feel like even me coming from growing up in Houston, you know, it's a little different than growing up here. But I still feel like we weren't really raised to be that trusting either. You know what I mean? Stranger danger. But no, kind of jumping back into this film. But anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We We fell on a little tangent. (laughs) Uh, I thought the premise was good. I didn't hate it. I liked the storytelling from the point of the view of the prisoner, kind of reliving the events. I thought that was a a cool take of like Kelsey Grammer. Colonel Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he slipped into some serious Colonel Sanders vibes. I I enjoyed the uh, the the strange accents in this movie, <laughs> but no, I kind of liked the point of view of you know Kelsey Grammer was leading him, kind of like all right, so what happened? Like how'd you get to this situation? And then it kind of plays off out, kind of you know where he started in the day, how he took the job, how he ended up in the house, like all of these things. I I thought that was good storytelling to kind of keep the story moving forward. Sure, but the ending kind of sucked. Yeah. Like that kind of ruined it for That's me. That's really what made this movie not okay, was that the ending just really dropped the ball. Well, I think the problem here was like they built up the premise of the basement obviously had some secrets in it, which they never once kind of discussed as to what it was until, was it after credit scene? They just straight up, no, I think it was in the movie. But they just they just like gloss over it. It just seems so irrelevant. It, it was an afterthought, even though they made it a relevant point in the yeah. film to They're say like, like, oh yeah, the basement. They've been trying to make these people have babies because she couldn't have babies because of something she mentioned at the beginning of the movie. But who cares? Because Nick Cage is now on the loose and coming after you, and we got to deal with that. And it's just kind of and then he just things happen really quick. Yes. And it was kind of a cop out, right, for him to kidnap his wife and kind of do the whole, you know, death by cop thing at the end. When well, the whole like military background and um, like the oh, he's the, wearing his like yeah his officer his suit uniform. Yeah. yeah, it's like the whole the whole military relation to Kelsey Grammer something and then the relation like they use that a lot in the movie they did. the guy was like oh i'm a you know i was in the navy oh i'm a marine and i think that's part of the time period right like there's an appreciation for anybody in the military well, i think and even there's, now i was gonna say like there, it's yeah, still even that, that right definitely you know those are your your brothers and sisters out there fighting with you so there's a connection but i don't know it just it just seems so forced the ending yeah it, it wasn't compared good. to the rest of the film where it was kind of I don't know. I'm not saying it was terrifying it was or weird, creepy, but it was, it was weird. It was it was weird. And you kind of like you know you're I along mean, for they, the ride. Well, and they tried to do because they had her doing some voodoo shit. You know, she had some dolls and she had and you didn't know, but like they just dropped that. I think it was more to kind of set up that they were creepy. You know, yeah, they were weird. That was kind of thing. It was just like here's a bunch of stuff to show you how weird this couple is, and then the climax is that they're weird. <laughs> yeah, like oh we. We knew that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, everything just kind of <laughs> fell flat as soon as we hit the third act. And yeah. I don't know. I think everybody acting in it did a pretty good job. They were in the, bad. In the, the first two thirds of the film. And I wasn't no, even. It wasn't and I just, from terrible. never being to Louisiana or being around a family of uh, somebody who might have 
that southern accent it wasn't something i really picked up on which sure. i think we've talked about before of like sure. you, you'll see things or hear things wouldn't know yeah you'll see things or hear things that are and that's why it's funny and interesting where you know to an extent when they do something where you they're trying to pass off as that like it's a little it's hard to do when you're like from colorado where you're like no one's gonna try and pass off an accent as a colorado accent right I feel it's, like we've been told very that we have subtle, one, though, you know? Well, you do, and there's very subtle <laughs> There's very subtle things. But it's not like an iconic accent, right? Yeah. And so I feel like Louisiana and New Orleans especially, and, you know, like Boston or those those really, those ones that you... Kind of a very, thicker very, accent, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. And there's things that they say. I, I think I can point out somebody from Montana instantly sure. from living there. You sure. Know? Yeah. And it's like if you're trying to do something where you're trying to pass that off as that and you're from there, like I said, from the standpoint of my grandparents, where you're like, it's it's pretty eye-rolling to be, you know, this is not Louisiana accent. This is not, you know what I mean? And it's almost in a way, it's almost offensive well, I think it's interesting. Does Do a good accent. Because it probably takes you out of the film pretty early, right? Because yeah, it makes it know, less, on th- if you less authentic. Exactly. Uh, where it's like, yeah, this isn't plausible because now I know they're just acting. I know they're just, they're trying their best, but Absolutely. it's not it's not what we expect. I think like I went in with a different perception just based off of what your grandma was <laughs> texting us. and. Well, I was expecting worse for sure. <laughs> Let's move into our weekend movies. Yeah, let's uh, let's do Saturday. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, two thousand nine. This is a an older one, but uh, after Katrina, Police Sergeant Terrence McDonough rescues a prisoner, hurts his back in the process, and earns a promotion to lieutenant, plus an addiction to cocaine and painkillers. <laughs> I like how they ordered that. <laughs> Six months later, a family is murdered over drugs. Terrence runs the investigation. His drug-using prostitute girlfriend, his alcoholic father's dog, run-ins with two old women and a well-connected John, gambling losses, a nervous young witness, and theft of police property. Jesus, what a list of shit. Might as well just tell you everything about this film. Put Terrence's job and his life in danger. He starts seeing things. He wants a big score to get out from under mounting debts, so he joins forces with drug dealers. The murders remain unsolved. A bad lieutenant gets worse. <sighs> this is a weird movie. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but there's a lot of scenes where there's animals, and it's kind of supposed to be a like a drug-fueled euphoria mm-hmm. is kind of the, the way it's shot. And so they like like they strap a camera on the back of an alligator, and like the the gator cam shot, like it just goes on to so long, and it's so weird. And then they have a bunch of scenes with an iguana, and it's so they go on so long, and they're so weird. And he's like smoking crack, and then there's like an iguana with an oversaturated. It's just yeah, there's so some bizarre. definitely weird editing choices and stylistic choices throughout the film. But really, besides that, it wasn't awful. It was no, just weird. it was. And I don't know. The story wasn't the greatest for me. No. I, like, my first thought watching this was just like, oh, another movie with Nick Cage playing a cop. Because I feel like yeah. I've seen a lot of Nick Cage movies yeah. playing a cop. I mean, even this week. We saw, yeah. <laughs> um, we saw a couple. So this time, he's a dirty cop. 
And he's definitely a piece of shit in this movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely abusing his powers to get drugs, sleep with girls, and just kind of put himself in a situation to yeah, where he some... wins. No, uh, Val Kilmer's in this. Yes. For... A, lot of, a lot of surprising faces. Yeah. I thought in this movie that I did not expect. Uh, did not make it better. He had kind of a smaller role. He showed up for like maybe two, three minutes of the movie. I, if I feel like that's generous, yeah. <laughs> um, and he was just as much of a piece of shit as Nick Cage was, which was crazy because he was only in it for a few minutes. But you knew like, <laughs> holy cow, this guy sucks just as much, if not more, than Nick Cage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Eva Mendez was his, his how did they put it in the synopsis? His uh, drug using prostitute girlfriend. Prostitute girlfriend. Look at that. Yeah. Exhibit was a very weird face that I did not expect I know. to see. That was crazy. I, I, I feel like the last thing I saw him in was Pimp My Ride. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Got to pimp my ride. <laughs> I was actually having a conversation about, with the, Melissa, one of our swim coaches earlier, about just like I, I had mentioned the movie Next. Uh, so she's like, oh, the MTV show? And I was like, no, the movie. What the hell's next There's MTV a, show? So it was early on in MTV, but then I was like, oh, yeah, it was kind of like in the same era as like Room Raiders. I feel like, yeah. And uh, Pimp My Ride, I, I mentioned, which with Exhibit, it was like a whole kind of full circle <laughs> thing for me. And I was like, ah, you have no idea. It was like, we, we totally. We just saw him. We just saw him in the movie. <laughs> um, No, like you said, this this was a weird movie. I think after sitting on it for a while was I, I i didn't like the ending again and just the sense of like because of how much of a piece of shit he was i just i didn't appreciate the rise to power that he had with it was just so little consequence right if any at all i don't think anything actually came of anything that he did and i feel like that was their point yeah and yeah right i think the issue that i kind of see with this is even in like the summary of this film it says, six months later, a family is murdered over drugs. Terrence runs the investigation. Like, that's the first thing that they mention about this movie. But how much of the investigation was there? It was more about all of the shady shit going on along the way. Yeah. And they got lucky to plant a, a crack pipe that he had smoked to place that guy in the situation to, you know, convict him, even though he was his partner at one point and they helped him alleviate one of his kind of debts. And I, I don't know. It, it just, it wasn't great. I think there was a it lot. It was a weird moral thing because the way that it ends of him seeing the guy that he saved, at the, he saves a guy at the beginning of the movie. He hurts his back. He gets injured. He gets addicted to painkillers and cocaine and everything else under the sun to, you know, mitigate the pain. Yep. But he gets promoted to lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And so he, you That's know, captain, he's not, right? he's not really, a he's bad, already a lieutenant. Well, he, he gets promoted to captain at the end. Yeah. And he's really not a bad detective. No. Like skill wise or, you know, getting his job done kind of thing. But he's a, he's an extremely corrupt, you know, he does some, some real shady well, shit. Well, is that the like point of the beginning, right? Is that they are trying to say that he has some sense of morals? Yeah, because he's willing to like jump into the water to save the prisoner like, that's going to drown in a few hours. And Val Kilmer's like, "Let's put a bet on when he's going to die." Situation. Sure. So, like, I mean, I, I, there's a lot that you could say this movie was commenting on. You could really read into it. I just feel like him, you know, starting out with him saving the guy, and then he he just hits 
rock bottom through most of the movie of just like trying to get by and and doing some really scummy stuff. I don't even know if it's rock bottom though. I just feel like he hits a point of. I feel like he hit. I mean, when he's like, I see it more of like doing he, coke and hiding it from whatever, and his girlfriend's actually like turning her life around or whatever. When Eva Mendez is like, I'm going to a meeting and you know I'm going to rehab and whatever. I feel like that's when, and I don't know if this was, it wasn't said outright in the movie. Maybe it's just something I, the way I chose to take it. Maybe this was a type of movie that, you know. Yeah. You can kind of, you can you can glean what you want from it depending mm-hmm. on your perspective. And so I felt like that's when he was like, it just ends on such a bleak note of him being like, I'm like, this is fucked. And it is what it is. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he meets the guy that he's clean now for a year and then they kind of imply at the end they're sitting there in the aquarium or some shit and it seems like they're both stoned, right? Or or well, on something. The guy walks into the hotel room to see Nick Cage there about to like just snort a huge line of fucking cocaine <laughs> and he's like, dude, you're the guy that saved my life last yeah, year. He's like, let me save you. Yeah. I don't know. But then they end up... <clears throat> Getting high in an aquarium yeah, because they're like trying to they figure out if fish have thoughts. Yeah, the other <laughs> dude ended up, you know, killing his year streak, his year sobriety with him, and so it's kind of just like I don't know. It's just like the the I think you darkness s- of addiction and darkness, whatever. brother, darkness. <laughs> uh, I feel like I was trying I'm to make a Jane, comment on something, bitch. but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you summed it up pretty well. Is like, and I just it's interesting. Is I think this film is probably the most interpretive of what we watched as far as there's multiple ways and angles that you can approach the situations and figure out how you feel about certain situations kind of relating to... Sure. And I I think it kind of plays into the satire of everything, right? Of just, here's what's going on and we're going to make a movie around this and you you can choose to approach it any direction that you want and feel any yeah. type of way afterwards. It's not invoking something. It's going to allow you to process the information yourself and make your own judgment as to. Yeah. I feel like you could analyze this movie and come to different conclusions depending on who you are. Kind yeah. of thing. Is it worth it? Is it worth watching this movie? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't bad. <laughs> wasn't, really good on the scale of nick cage it was about i think this got about a semi chub i think (laughs) i think this got pretty high on rotten tomatoes to be honest yeah i think i did remember seeing this had like an 86 percent or something yeah Yeah. so maybe we're onto something with that whole interpretation thing maybe that's what makes it uh an 86 percent to critics versus viewers six out of ten for viewers it looks like but uh, I mean, even look at the top review on IMDb as I just scrolled down. Wickedly funny black comedy that borders on satire. Fantastic acting by all involved and just one hell of a ride. Yeah, I mean, see, you can, I don't know. There's a lot of ways you could take this. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be interpreted. Um, and I think even between the discussion we just had, I think we both had kind of different takes on the movie yeah, itself. Like it. So, uh, But... I think something we can agree on is that in no universe is this a better movie than our, than our last movie, Color Out of Space. 
Man, I'm so glad you uh, were with me on wanting to watch this. I'm so glad. <laughs> I was. I had seen it probably as far back as you had seen it, and it's kind of been there. I don't even think I've seen it as far back as you were. Really? I, I hadn't even known you were aware of the movie. I oh, was in yeah. Walmart doing Christmas shopping, and I saw oh, this pretty, movie pretty there, then, yeah. and I was tempted to just buy it because I was like, this is a movie we'd probably watch. Yeah. Um, cause, no, I'd, I'd seen <clears> it a while back, and that's seen it. I'd, I'd seen of it. You've seen of it. I've <laughs> seen of it. Uh, but so, Color Out of Space, a story of cosmic terror about the Gardeners, a family who moves to a remote farmstead in rural in- New England to escape the hustle of the 21st century. They are busy adapting to their new life when a meteorite crashes into their front yard. The mysterious... Is it Aerolite? Aerolite. Yeah. The mysterious Aerolite seems to melt into the Earth, infecting both the land and the properties of the space-time with a strange, otherworldly color. To their horror, the Gardner family discovers that this alien force is gradually mutating every life form that it touches, including them. This movie is fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, I would expect nothing less from a an H.P. Lovecraft story. I was going to bring that up, was. is that, yeah, this was H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. And for those of you who don't know who H.P. Lovecraft is, uh, his oh. Howard Phillips Lovecraft was an American writer of weird science, fantasy, and horror fiction. Lovecraft is best known for his creation of the Cthulhu mythos. Born in Providence, Rhode Island, Lovecraft spent most of his life in New England. And some of his movies that you might have heard of include like The Void, Annihilation, The Mist, just to name a few. So this is another Lots one of... tentacles. Of... What? Lots of tentacles. Yes. In his uh, repertoire. And this is uh, another one of those interpretations of one of his stories. Uh, I think this might have been my favorite of the week. I think I would agree. I really got kind of blob vibes. Like it felt like that kind of old school monster, you know, really small scale, really like just some weird shit going on. Nobody in the town knows. They're kind of remote. There's very few people in this movie, which which is nice, yeah. You know to keep track of and Tommy Chong, Tommy Chong, dude, <laughs> he's looking old, man, but he still looks like he smokes as much weed as he did in his younger days. <laughs> yeah, dude, he didn't he didn't stop. <laughs> but that was uh, a nice face to see, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I just was kind of interesting, and I I am definitely on board with you of thinking that this was kind of that blob. Like a B Mentality, horror like, movie. Because you're kind like, of unaware of what's happening. Yeah. But you just know there's this presence of, like, there is more going on than what leads, like the eyes. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like the whole comet, right, and this kind of, well, let me first say this. The color magenta is not a real color. Hmm? The color magenta is not a real color. So technically, magenta doesn't exist. There's no wavelength what? of light that corresponds to that particular color. It's simply a construct of our brain of a color that is a combination of blue and red. Oh, okay. But on the wavelength itself, sure, it doesn't exist. So with that being said, right? Is that the color? The entire movie is color out of space, right? That plays into why this whole kind of blob or thing is magenta. Is that magenta? Is yeah. officially magenta? It's magenta. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool little tidbit I I, huh. I was reading up on with this movie. Uh, but to go off of that, right? So this kind of aura, presence, comet, whatever brought this thing to Earth, right? I kind of got the 
vibe of like it was fucking with like people and like their insecurities or even their faults in life because like the mother was very overprotective of her youngest son so when they merged which yeah, was fucking creepy dude, that was, shit yeah that kind of was like playing off of that like you were too overprotective type mentality so we're going to force you to be one and you are now solely responsible for his life because he's growing out of the back of you yeah you're like absorbing him and it was weird and some of what i was reading was i guess i don't know which one of these books this kind of i don't know if there's a book called color out of space or if there's another book that was inspired this movie Okay. Like what work inspired this is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. But what some you. people were trying to say is like, this is kind of the best interpretation of what they read, I guess. Like it, it's hard to interpret how this thing interacts with Color. people. Like it's more okay. of like, like our imaginations can go so much further than what maybe a movie can portray. Sure. So a lot of people felt like this was a good adaptation of that in the sense that it kind of fucked with your mind a little bit and it it showed you some weird kind of obscure things that you might not necessarily ever even envision. Mm -hmm. But this was somebody's envision of that. Because, again, as you read a book, your imagination can go anywhere. You sure, can interpret sure. a, a piece however you want. And that that's kind of the beauty of a novel or a book is that you're able to create those situations or characters in your head and play them out. Yeah, to, to portray something visually, that's something that isn't something that occurs in real life. Yeah. Like the fusing of the, the mom and the, the youngest son. And as simple as the color magenta, right? If we sure. are going off of the fact that it's just our minds are creating that color that's a mix of blue and red. Hmm. What'd you think, though? I, I like this movie. I enjoyed it. I did. I did enjoy it. This really, I, I, I would agree. I think this was probably my favorite of the week and I enjoyed him in it. I mean, since this is Nick Cage week, we'll talk about him. I think he did a good job. I think he did a great job up until, you know, he had to be weird. And sorry to put it on the weird ass accent. <laughs> yeah. Where he's doing a, like, I don't know. It was weird. But I think a that's the point, right? If he he's supposed on, to right? be. But yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. But no, I think I think uh, I think this was one of the more natural of the week. If we're comparing it to the week, I think this was the most believable and natural relationship that he had. You think this was like the With movie that he the had wife. his most? Oh, okay. With the wife, yeah. Like and or the and even in the kids, like his family, his interactions with the family and with his wife. And I think this was the most believable and genuine and felt, you know. Well, let me first well acted. start off by saying that this movie was visually stunning. Like this was Yeah, it really was. There's a lot of shots that were very pretty and just cinematically beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um so that that There were a lot of shots that weren't also. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the llamas or the alpacas. The alpacas <laughs> when they combine into some like into putty, 80s putty alpaca villain that's <laughs> They're all But I love that cuz it wasn't all a bunch of CGI shit. It was just like a bunch of practical goop and yeah it seemed like it to, i don't know maybe i'm wrong no maybe. i think if you comparatively look at the alpacas versus like the mom and son combining together like you could tell where more money was spent as far as making it look creepy and yeah but i think believable i like the fact that they wouldn't show stuff 
100% of the time, right? They refrained from just showing the thing. They tried to leave most of it. And I, I almost wish they would have done less. Than they did. Than they did. Like the llamas, you know, they did good with showing little bits and pieces sometimes. But they but, did eventually end up showing the big mass of llamas or whatever. And yeah, it's they like, used a lot of like extreme close-ups and yeah. close-ups to show you just little tidbits of it. Like so to give you, you a, a direction to go with your mind, but to let your mind do the work. And I feel like they, I almost wish they did that more. Right? Yeah. Like the big spider creature the mom and the boy turned into at the end where he, you know, when they go into the room. Well, I think even when, you know, they they start off by letting you kind of imagine what she had turned into. Yeah. Because the daughter's in there who's terrified and screaming, dad, let me out. Like mom's coming after me. Yeah. They could have just let that sit. Exactly. And you could have. Exactly. And again, going off of the whole novel thing that I told you, right? You know, maybe you don't run into that problem with a novel. Maybe you, the film would have, like you said, excelled more if more was left up to the imagination of the viewer. Yeah. But I think a lot of people don't like that. I think they go to movies expecting to want to see to be shown what something is. I guess. And this was, I don't know, this was a tough one. I think for Sunday for me, like I really enjoyed the movie. I just don't think it's typically what we've thrown on Sundays in the past for more of a lighter, not having to think so much about it wasn't the light. movie. I do think we were we were bamboozled <laughs> by the name Color Out of Space with the colors on the, the cover of the movie. and It wasn't a light movie. It definitely made you think a lot. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and <laughs> I should have just read the IMDb page. Based on the short story, The Color Out of Space. Yeah. Well, there, you there we go. There you have it. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I, I don't think, I do think it was the best movie of the week. And uh, I'm glad we, we stuck it in there. Yeah, and I think it's, like we said, more of what we've traditionally come to appreciate and love about Nick Cage in these past few years with his some of his more recent movies that people are seeing the scope of his acting ability, right? I think this plays more into that kind of Nick Cage is not it the gave movie. Him something to movie be, is yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. And that about wraps it up. <laughs> Nick Cage is not the movie. The movie is Nick Cage. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I think it's a big joke with Nick Cage, mostly because I, w- I wish you had seen all of Community because I have so many episodes I, re- I could reference. There's an episode where Abed takes a class that's the. Like, it's the study of Nick Cage. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he has to, his teacher warns him not to watch too much Nick Cage in one sitting to study him. got to have Nick Cage's so, in uh, pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when Abed comes into class the next day and he's watched, like, nonstop Nick Cage, <laughs> like, since the previous class. Abed, how much Nicolas Cage did you watch? Enough! I watched enough to find the answers <laughs> because this this is my reality this is how i learned to be and my being doesn't allow for nicholas freaking cage okay oh yeah oh yeah oh. <laughs> all crazy like doing nick cage impersonations and but uh i really don't think this week was as as nick cage draining as i anticipated no, and I was kind of surprised. 
I think, yeah, we definitely saw a lot of him throughout the week. I think there's also moments where like 211 is, I think, my perfect example of just, I don't think he was even a main actor in that movie. I just, he was a side character. I don't think. I mean, they tried to make him. A little bit, but still, there's so many other characters that they were revolving around that it wasn't like he was the lead. He might have been the face of the movie. He might have been the big name to draw people in to watch it, but it wasn't. I'm not watching this movie because, I mean, I okay, that's a lie. I was watching (laughs) the movie because because Nick Cage Cage was on the title, but I I think after viewing it, I wouldn't recommend, hey, you like Nick Cage, go watch 211 because Nick Cage is in it, you know? I'd be saying, go watch Color Out of Space. But yeah. no, I'm with you. I, I don't think I'm sick of Nick Cage after this week. I think I could theoretically, and I, I'm not, we're not doing this, but I could theoretically probably another watch week? another seven of his movie. I think so too. Just Well, and, that's the funny thing is we found probably seven other ones, at least, of ones that just with how many freaking movies he's put out in the last five years plus. Everything else that we he's done, seen, yeah. Like Kill Train, I still want to watch. I've seen I've seen a bunch. Well, and I'm like, maybe oh, shit, Nick Cage. When his new movie of Nick Cage playing Nick Cage <laughs> comes out, maybe we do we'll another do six more in that movie. We do another Nick Cage oh, week man. to just culminate his uh, his introduction into 2022. Who else could we do? Adam Sandler? No, nah. Only because I want to watch so him. I know, but no, <laughs> dude. Because uh, okay, Adam that's Sandler a movies haven't you seen? That's true. That we really want to watch. There's not seven of them. I can't think of any other actors or actresses that I put up on kind of that cult s style appreciation of yeah. like Nick, that Nick Cage brings to the to the table. Yeah. But also a lot of actors and actresses I don't think are almost willing to do. Any the, of the these range roles, of you know, that he does, sure. You know, it's like, hey, here's, like I said, here's a script. Are you interested? Yes. <laughs> you had me at hello, and then they're like, <laughs> I never said hello, and he's like, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> Do I get to steal the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> I think there's supposed to be a National Treasure three coming out no with him, way. and then oh also a TV God, series dude. that I doesn't star him. So. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I think to wrap things up, I'm happy that we're back on to more of a more consistent schedule. Yeah. Uh, I know the last few weeks were a little tough, especially the 14 movies in one week. I I think we did well, but it was definitely something I don't think I'd want to necessarily do again. With the, That's tough to do. With the speed rounds. About. Yeah, to talk about something for such a short amount of time that, I don't know. Because I, not even because you can't say everything you want to say, like, I feel like my no time to die discussion is just so unfinished, Mm. specifically that one. But there's other ones from that week that, you know, we just couldn't talk about to the extent that we wanted to that I feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I gotcha. Like, it doesn't give an accurate representation of how we felt about the movie or why we had issues or, you know what I mean? Because we just didn't have the time and i thought i felt that way sometimes with even just 10 minutes of of discussion Mm -hmm. that we cut down to where there's just some topics that we don't get to or things we forget to talk about or whatever but uh it really it really shows when you're doing you're trying to do (laughs) you know five to ten minutes a movie so uh but i just a few just last things uh check us out next week for our send-off to 2021 we picked seven movies from 
2021 essentially that we hadn't watched but we had heard potentially good things but also just there was hype around the films and we're gonna give those a watch yeah and get back to watching some 1950s movies after hopefully because those have been great they have been fantastic (laughs) anyway have a fantastic week catch you on the next one Watching lots of movies, but our eyes.